Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Feed for Service podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Kettenbach Dental. Kettenbach has a new product, Vesalis Semcor. They love it. I've used it. I love it. Great stuff. It's a adhesive cement as well as a core buildup. It does both. Imagine how simple that'll be. Use it for your post. Use it for your buildup. You can use it to cement any products that you like. Look them up, Kettenbach, K-E-T-T-E-N-B-A-C-H, Dental. They have representatives near you. Today's guest, Dr. David Yang, you might know him from a lot of the Facebook posts that he has out there. Thank you, Nicole Vane, for putting me in touch with David. He's a phenomenal story, hardworking from South Korea. His parents work from 5 a.m. to 12 p.m. every day ran a mini mini mart and he learned a bunch of things about small business from them he took a indirect route to dental school went to hygiene school after two years of teaching he's going to fill us in and you will get from him passion it comes from his pores one of my favorite interviews to date please sit back and enjoy Dr. David Yang on the fee-for-service dentist podcast. Like it, share it with your friends. That's how we grow this community. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet, our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door, and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns, and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast, and these are our stories. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Podcast, Dr. Sonny Spira. Our very special guest tonight is Dr. David Yang, who I'm sure if you've been on any of the um, Facebook sites, especially Fee-for-Service or the Dental Nachos or some of the other ones, he posts quite often, and he always has some good stuff. And A lot of times it's tongue-in-cheek and funny, but very relevant. He's a uh, 2003 graduate of UMDNJ, which then became Rutgers Dental School. And he did a year of residency. And then he, in 2005, Flagstaff, Arizona. Right. Established, got into his first practice. And we're going to talk to him all about it. He knows only one way to practice. And that's the fee-for-service way. So we're going to get into that a little bit. So help me welcome. David, how are you today, man? Uh, doing great, and you? I'm doing great. Looks like you had a you had a longer day today, didn't you? 
<laughs> yeah, I just got done a couple of minutes ago. Um, but, you know, that's his life. And, um, you know, I love what I'm doing. So, you know, I just get to play all day long. So you got to tell everybody what you told me off there. You got a passion for teeth. <laughs> I do. And, and you know, it, even when I come that that comes out of my mouth is funny. And I was like, who, who goes around and said, yes, I have passion for teeth, you know, but I, I, I love it. I have, you know, anything and everything about it. You know, um, I don't believe in one way of practice. I think there's a million different ways to practice, just like there's a million ways to restore a tooth. Um, and I like to know how everyone's doing it. And um, I'll take it from here and there. And what works in my hands is what I do in my practice. All right. So let's get into it. Why did you, what, when and why did you get into dentistry? Um, so uh, when I graduated undergrad, uh, I was kind of lost. And so I ended up teaching fourth and fifth grade math for a couple of years. Uh, really? down in Laguna, yeah, down in Laguna Beach School District in California, they had a shortage of teachers and you can kind of do it as a, uh, uh, with an emergency li uh, protocol licensing. So I got into that for a few years and I, I really, I love kids. I love teaching. Teaching kids combination wasn't something I was very good at. And you kind of know when you walk into something like, yeah, you shouldn't be here. And, and I kind of figured out that pretty quickly. And my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, uh, got into her postgraduate program at Rutgers uh, for clinical, clinical psychology. So I was like, well, you know, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm going to follow you all out there. In the meantime, I will probably like to go back to school to do something, but I don't want to go get, I'll get like a mastership, but I'm not going to go and get a PhD on anything. I don't want to go to another four years of school. So I started kind of you know, bouncing ideas of people, you know, uh, good friends of mine and like, hey, what do you do? What are you going to be doing? What did your parents do? Like, like, help me out here. Um, and it was kind of funny that a lot of my friends were going to dental school or applying for dental school. And they said, you know what? We have a similar personality. You, you know, you should, you know, really look into it. And I'm like, I hate going to the dentist. I avoid them like the plague. Why would I want to become one? And how long does it take to become one? They said four years. I'm like, no, I, I just want two. Two is the max I'm doing. So they said, well, why don't you look into dental hygiene? I'm like, what is that? So my friends explained to me, and it's a two-year program. So I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and apply somewhere near, you know, uh, records and, and we'll see how it goes. So that's how I got into dentistry, and I ended up actually um, going to NYU Dental Hygiene Program uh, for two years. And actually, the first year I was there, all the core courses are taught by dental faculty. And, and uh, so I was acing all the classes, so they actually pulled me aside and said, look, you are really in the wrong program. You need to, you need to be in our dental school program. And I thought about it and I said, nah, I just really don't want to go into another four years. I'm just getting into this hygiene thing. I kind of like it. I'm going to stick with it. Um, but of course, by the time second year rolled along, I'm like, oh man, it's pulling me this way. But, you know, I kept my promise. I didn't do four years. I did six. 
The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. <laughs> there you go. So, so you're out in Laguna Beach. Where are you from originally? Where's home? Uh, home is Fullerton, uh, California, Orange County. I mean, I, I actually grew up in um, South Korea for the first 10 years of my life. Moved out to LA, and then uh, my parents moved us to uh, behind the Orange Curtain, and uh, grew up there. And you know, under, undergraduate uh, undergraduate at UC Irvine. You know, I did my I came back, did my residency at UCLA. So, so, so why'd you come east, man? Why'd you go to Rutgers? Uh, because I just followed my uh, girlfriend at the time, wife, and she that's where she was going. And you know, she went, she got her. PhD there, and then she did her uh, residency at Yale Medical School. So, uh, you know, I, I was just kind of following her around, <laughs> you know, because I, you know, like I said, some of us had late bloomers, you know, what are we going to do? That's all right. She's your wife, right? So she's doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You guys get, you guys are compatible somehow. Com- com- yeah. And I, I've always, we always joked around saying, we're going to open up an office together. We're going to call it mental and dental. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so she could tell you why you went and did all this stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so then on top of this, you did a year residency, right? Oh yeah. Um, you know, it, what's, it's kind of weird that I feel like the newer generation of dentists coming out there seem to be all just going straight to work. Um, whereas like if my class was class of 80, you know, 70, 75 of us went to, uh, we, at least we all applied to, you know, like another graduate program or uh, to a residency, you know, it was yeah. almost like, this is what we needed to do. That, that was the next step before going and get a job. Well, you know, we're in New York State, so you can't be licensed without a GPR. So you have That's to do right. a GPR to get licensed. So it's they've kind of taken that off the menu. You can't even take a test. So, so in your residency and in dental school, did any of the uh, did any of the specialties uh, excite you, or were you thinking I'm general dentist all the way? No, I, I actually uh, my goal was to go to endo school, uh, and I got into one. Um, but it was, I looked at the cost, you know, this was after I got accepted. Um, it was at Boston and I think it was tuition was like over 80,000 equipment plus living costs. First year was over $125,000. So uh, that's why I'm like, you know, I, I'm giving up here. I'm going to go do a residency and, uh, um, you know, just call it a day. Cause it just, you know, financially was just getting to be even too much for me. You know, now, where did you do I, residency? Did you do it up near Connecticut where you were? No, I, I actually, um, my wife was done by then. So that's what we came back home. Um, I was at VA Sepulveda through UCLA, uh, their GPR residency. And I picked that one because they only had a daytime hospital. So, okay, so I wasn't getting called in at two in the morning to suit your <laughs> So tell me now, what's your next step then? How'd you get to Flagstaff? What happened there? 
So, you know, everybody knows California is a tough market. And I had friends who uh, were, you know, being a dentist and, you know, their second year out, they're getting like burned out doing, seeing 18 to 20 patients a day, not including hygiene. And it was just, you know, just market was super competitive. And so I decided, you know what, let me just kind of, you know, look outside of California, what they're, you know, what we got. So at the time, I looked at three states. I looked at Nevada, specific Vegas area, because cosmetic dentistry was just booming at that time. Uh, you know, the office was opening up every day, especially by a lot of California dentists who, you know, they could make day trips and uh, hire somebody. I looked at state of Washington just because I love it there. Um, and Arizona, because we had no dental school. Right. Uh, these, you know, we got two now, but there wasn't a dental school back then. So I, I thought, you know, I think Scottsdale, Scottsdale is a pretty nice place. You know, what nice I would area. think of as yeah, comparable to, you know, where I grew up in California, uh, desert, <laughs> but um, still a very nice place. So I started, uh, I put out like, I don't know how many, every job I saw, I figured I, I was going to apply and figure it out. So I, I literally put out maybe like 35 resumes. Um, I got 34 uh, interviews, and I think I got 33 job offers. No kidding. Yeah, because there's just like Arizona needed dentists. You know, oh, so this is just all like in Arizona. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah. This has nothing to do with being somebody who's good or anything like that. It's just that they needed more dentists in, in town. And uh, the reason I ended up in Flagstaff is because I had no idea uh, where things were located. So when I applied at the Flagstaff was suburb of Scottsdale, <laughs> you know, I'm like, and then I, when I, back then when we used to MapQuest, I MapQuest said, I'm like, oh, it is not anywhere near Scottsdale. That's right. um, but, you know, I was raised to hold up my end of the bargain. I, and I told them that I'm coming up for an interview. So I didn't want to back out. So I ended up here, uh, got to tour the office, got to meet the dentist and his philosophy. And I was like, you know, this is what I'm looking for. You know, this fee for service practice is exactly what I want to, you know, be, uh, you know, the whole area. I was like, I don't know. I never lived in a small mountain town before, but uh, I'll figure it out. Things don't work out a couple of years. You know, I can take all the knowledge of, you know, being in a fee-for-service practice and I'll move and, and try to open up my own. But obviously, I never left. Let me ask you this. So when you went into that practice, how much background did you get either from dental school or the residency about the different models like the PPO or the or insurance-driven? I mean, did you get anything? None. And I didn't even know what fee-for-service was. I just knew I had an idea of how I would like to practice, you know, but I didn't have any uh, knowledge of a fee-for-service. It's more of when I start going through interviews, people are telling us, you know, we're a Medicaid office or we're a PPO office. I'm like, 
what are you guys talking about? Right. <laughs> I had no clue. Like, I mean, these these younger guys now, you know, they're online. They, they're figuring it out, right? But I'm like, we're not online, you know, talking to other dentists. You're on an island. Um, so I had no clue. It just, so when he explained to me how he ran, I'm like, you know, that's me. That's, that's how I want to uh, practice. So, yeah, I did, you know, Sometimes it's lucky to be better than good. So I just kind of lucked into it. Okay. So you go into this practice, right? And it's another doctor there. And you said he built the office for two guys. What does that mean? Built the office for two. Well, so he was in, uh, he had a different office in town and he actually bought a piece of land and built a, like a 4,000 square foot, uh, dental office and um, his uh, and he was already in his 60s um, but he wanted to you know he had a dream and he wanted to live it out so he built it and he literally said I'm gonna bring in another associate because it's a two-person practice you know I can't do it all by myself and uh, we're gonna grow it and I'm gonna you know kind of transition out and that was his, so he had a vision before, you know, when you know, obviously he could have built a smaller practice, he just had a vision of what he wanted to do. And he actually had a one associate before me um, that didn't work out. Um, so, uh, so that, you know, that's what I mean. But he, he built it as a two, uh, two dentist practice as far as maybe just size goes, but at the same time, um, I think like a lot of practice owners, they really, he really didn't know if he could support two of us, you know, because when I got here, he was slowing down. So he was like two and a half days. So I could work five days a week and we were happy, but as life goes, it throws you a curve. He got a divorce and he needed to work full time again. And by the time that happened, I was, I won't have to practice. And so uh, there were some struggles as far as that goes, because now we got two guys we need to work full time, but we didn't necessarily have the patient base to support both of us. So let me ask you this now, since, since you just mentioned it, you already initiated your buy-in. So when you started, uh, would you, do you have any background in business? Cause you're a pretty sharp business. How, how did you, how did you know, not only were you going to go to as an associate, but you're going to have an associate with an automatic buy-in or, or, or something of that sort. Talk about yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know, some of it is just uh, business sense that I got from my, you know, my parents, you know, they're, they're small business owners and they work, you know, super hard all their life. You know, it's a typical. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. Typical Asian family. We own the mini mart. Uh, my parents work seven days a week. You know, they left the house at five in the morning, got home at midnight and did it again every day after that. And I knew that's wow. not what I want. So um, and I knew I didn't want to go into medicine because uh, I have a lot of cousins and family members who are in medicine and, you know, uh, great money. But, you know, their their hours are not like eight to five. And so, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, enjoy what I do, but I also wanted to leave. You know, when I can and, and enjoy my life, I need to have a fine balance. So, you know, that's, but like far as business sense goes, so like when I came in, 
Um, I did have some friends who are dentists uh, at, the, at, at the time because obviously I, I graduated, taught for two years, and went to hygiene for another two. So by the time I got to dental school, I had friends who were out, you know, working as dentists and they were like, hey, this is the way you want to run it. You need to make sure, um, you know, when you go interview, make sure that uh, if you're working as an associate, that you have chance to buy in. Uh, and, and put that in writing, put that in writing that it will be based on uh, the uh, fee that the office was doing, you know, average of three years before I got there. So, you know, I, I really got great advice from friends. Like, like I said, we didn't, I, we didn't have this online form to, you know, help each other out. I, uh, I was lucky to have great friends or, or parents or dentists or they were dentists. So, um, you know, I picked the brain. That's very smart. That's very smart. So you very early on, you knew to find, you know, find people who are doing it well and just learn from them. By the way, the reason he built the office is he saw the movie Field of Dreams. And he said, if you build it, <laughs> it will come. Exactly. Exactly. So was, you know, you know, go the distance. You know, he got that little voice whispering <laughs> in his ear and he was picking up on it. <laughs> so, so you, you go into this, do you want to share what some of the numbers were? Um, so when he, uh, right before I bought it, um, he was, the office was doing, uh, you know, like he went from five to six to seven. Um, and then I came in and, uh, you know, within a couple of years, we were doing like 1.2. Um, so you doubled it. And, yeah. Well, we, I, you know, yeah. In a few years, when I when I got in, uh, we were nice growth, man. That's good growth. Yeah. yeah. So, and he had a lot to do with that. You know, he, he was working. Uh, like I said, he had he was working hard. Uh, he was just bread and butter dentistry. Great dentist, but you know, just crowns and fillings, and that's what he did. And that's, that was another thing that um, I was looking for when I was coming in is finding a dentist who is great dentist, but kind of focus on that, uh, you know, everyday daily dentistry, because I know I wanted to do more. Um, I know that I was, I uh, love extraction. I love any surgery, anything with blood on it. Uh, I'm all in, you know, and I love root canals. So he, you know, like the day I walked in, uh, he had all just patients lined up for me to do extractions, root canals. He was happy because he didn't do any of those. Um, right. And obviously, um, we actually had another third dentist actually that came up uh, on Fridays that was uh, doing full mouth rehabs. And uh, and I watched him very closely because, like, when he comes in in one day. Uh, makes more money than what I do in a month. <laughs> you want to know, you know, what is he doing? How, how do you do it? Um, and then I watch it. I'm like, Oh, I'm never going to do that because I have no idea what he's doing. I'm like, he's mounting cases on articulator. I'm like, what are we doing? Making ventures? <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. so yeah, I hit him up and uh, kind of studied under him and he kind of pointed me to, you know, cause he's like, well, you know, you should go to, you know, there's Dawson, Panky, uh, 
Spear, and Spear wasn't in Arizona at the time, um, and Coyce. Then he goes, I hate to tell you this. Henke is already passed away. Dawson's old. You go to Dawson because you want to hear from the horse's mouth. Spear and Coyce is going to be around longer. And, and that was, you know, absolutely true. You know, I had the chance to study and repeat and probably the best decision in my career. Pete Dawson. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, talk, talk about where things are at for you now. What's your situation now? So, um, so I, I'm in kind of a, like a sweet spot where Wait, wait, wait. You've always been in a sweet spot, okay? (laughs) You've always been in a sweet spot from just your approach, the fact that you were looking for complimentary, what could you provide and what did they need? You know, you you, you did some very, very smart things to begin with. But anyway, go ahead. I'm just kidding. But, but, you know, like being in a sweet spot is, you know, not just when uh, and, you know, your education level in your careers, what you can do. Um, also, you know, being able to, you know, talk to patients and, and, you know, we grow every day in that aspect. Um, and, and, you know, I, and financially everything, I just feel like I was in a sweet spot, but it's actually self-limiting because the last three, four years, I was in this sweet spot and I wasn't growing because I was just happy as a clam doing what I'm doing. Um, it, we, seriously, within the last two years is when I kind of figure out that, you know, I'm happy making X amount of money. How many dentists are there? Make, you know, I'm, prob- I'm in like the top 10% of dentists who's making this kind of money. I'm right. done. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but, yeah. And then I started, and, and I was, like I said, I was on a sweet spot. I'm very happy. And then I started running into a lot of, edu- you know, like educators, um, you know, people who are just super passionate about what they're doing. And then they start throwing up numbers of what they're doing in their office. And I'm not a, you know, I don't, I'm not a jealous person. I don't get like jealous. He told me like, hey, I'm doing $3 million. I'm doing $4 million. I'm not saying that no, I'm jealous. It's more of, uh, you know, self-challenge, um, self-awareness. Competitive. Competitive. Yeah, I'm pride in what, what, you know, it's like, you can do that much. Really, I did not know that those dentists existed. And I'm like, you know, then I looked at them like, I, I am self-limiting. Uh, and, and there is a higher level that I can reach. So it's not really about money or anything like that. It's, uh, it's, you know, what kind of level can I get to, you know, what, um, you know, what kind of better than us can I come in? How, how many more patients can I help? So those are all playing part of, of you kind of pushing yourself. And, um, you know, my wife thinks I'm crazy. She's like, you know, you, you, <laughs> at this point you should just be, you know, taking it for the next 10 years and just right off to the sunset. And of course I, I didn't want to do that. And, um, literally I'm in, I'm almost done. I'm at the last phase 
uh, purchasing my second practice. Uh, it's in Prescott, Arizona, about two hours south from me. Um, because, two hours? Yeah, okay. it's about an hour and a half, two hours. It kind of depends on the drive. Um, and, uh, you know, people want to know, like, why? Why? It's like, can't you be just happy with the money you're making? And, you know, well, one of the things is that, you know, a lot of us dentists have side gigs, right? And, and you know, so do I. You know, you're investing, you're doing other things, but um, for your retirement. And, and this is one of, one of uh, you know, my thought and how I can create passive income. Um, and, but I think bigger part of it is that I really want an associate that I, I can help. It sounds dumb, but, you know, um, I want to give back to someone that, that the opportunity that I have. Let me ask you this. In your practice now, because you said it was a two-doctor practice, is it two or three docs in there now where you are? <laughs> Just me. Just you. Mm-hmm. So you're doing the work of three people. Probably. Say it. And I'm, say, it. Yeah. say it. Three people. Yeah, I'm doing, doing three three people. work of for, uh, three people, and I'm doing uh, by myself. I'm producing more than all three of us did when we're together. You're producing more than what? When all three of us were together. Right. Well, you you got it down to a science. You're very efficient. Now, are you working five days a week? No, you're working four. Yeah. Uh, I work, you know, I, I tell people I work five days a week, but good luck finding me in here five days a week. You know, my office is open five days a week, but I travel quite a bit, um, you know, just like you. And, you know, I'm gone, like, you know, every, <laughs> last, like, four weeks I've been gone um, every Thursday, Friday. Um, this week, actually, I'm here five days. Uh, next week, I, I work three days. So, you know, um, my office is open five days a week, but, you know, I'm not necessarily here five days a week these days. So what? So what's your plan with the new office? Talk about that. You bought, you're buying this practice and what's your... Yeah, so... Are you in I, there yet? I'm not in there yet. Um, the, and I can't talk about his name just because... It's a smaller town and people don't, you know. It's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to disclose. I, That's right. Yeah. So, but the office is doing about um, $700,000 a year. Okay. Uh, you know, he's not working that many days either. Uh, so about 65 grand a month, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like a hobby for him. And, um, you know, I pick, picked it up uh, at a very good price. Um, you know, he owns a building and he just wanted a solid tenant in there um, that he could trust. And, you know, so that's, that's his retirement, you know, so. Are you buying the uh, building later or no? Yes. Uh, I, I, that's one of the things I'm putting in, like first right of refusal uh-huh. uh, because, you know, was, uh, yeah, I like, you know, that's one, one thing one of my parents have taught me. We like, we don't, we don't sell land. We buy it and we keep it. Um, so, but my got a little goal, Italian in you, man, you got a little Italian. <laughs> in you. So with, with my associate, uh, you know, it, it, it's pretty amazing. Um, and, and I'll reveal things, you know, um, a few weeks down the line, but this associate, I actually, when she graduated, um, I had, uh, while I was buying, in the midst of buying another practice, 
and uh, I hired her. And this was a big mistake by me. I hired her right out of school thinking uh, everything was okay. Literally two weeks before I purchased the practice, the buyer, uh, I mean, the seller backed out. So that was the hardest thing to tell this, um, you know, wonderful person just graduating that I know I hired you, but I don't have a practice to put you in. Um, that was tough. So, you know, when what's, I, what's the timing of this? What's the, what's, what, when did this happen? This wasn't like literally 2020. I'm, I'm, yeah, 2020. So like about two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So now and, fast forward to today and you're buying another practice and what she's been doing those two years. So she moved to a different state uh, back home um, working. Um, you know, it's not like we, we've been chatting or anything. You know, we're, f- you know, friends on Facebook and, you know, uh, follow each other on, you know, uh, all the different dental sites. And I just happened to mention, you know, like, hey, I, I'm buying, you know, forget this idea of, you know, we're, we're going into recession because that just, that's going to limit you and what you can do. I'm buying another office and I'm, I'm going to kill it because I killed it during the last recession. So what's different, you know, and that, that's how my mind thinks. And out of the blue, she contacted me and said, Hey, I'm thinking of coming back. You know, would you think about hiring me? And I'm like, how many people get to fix the wrong bit in their life? You know? So it's a great was, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thrilled. I can't believe she gave me uh, actual the chance to kind of make it right. It's emotional. I got you. Yeah, definitely. I got you. I, I'm telling you, man. You're, you're, you're uh, the way you worded that couldn't have been any better. And you get a chance to to write that now. When you were buying this practice, you didn't buy it with her in mind. <laughs> Absolutely you, not. I'm like, you just why described? would she come work for me? Right. You know. So let me ask you. Let me ask you the next part of the, the equation. The practice you're buying, what's their business practice? Is it a fee-for-service practice or you got to convert that? Um, I got to convert that. And obviously, just giving out advice and doing it for a long time, uh, I have a plan. I'm not going to walk in and turn the practice upside down, you know, day one. Right. Uh, we're making a you know, uh, list of, you know, there isn't a ton, but there's, you know, four or five insurance I'm going to go through, figure out. Hey, how many patients are with that insurance and, you know, what are they paying? So, you know, maybe six months. To, I like to push it out the year, but I got itchy trigger finger. So I'm hoping it lasts at least six months. A uh, year is a better idea. And I'm going to drop gonna, that. How are you going to spend your time? You're going to have to have a presence in the office, I'm assuming, right? You're not just going to remotely manage this, are you? Uh, um, well, you know, you know what? Let, let, let me ask that question differently. Uh, <laughs> How are you going to manage the office? Yeah, so I have used a um, practice management consultant my entire career, and you know he's still with me, um, and he also has helped me look for this practice the entire time. So we already have a plan of me teaching 
the associate associate the clinical side. So, you know, and my consultant is going to handle all the business side of that. And so we're going to meet probably, uh, you know, obviously we're going to have Zoom meetings, phone calls, but we're, we're going to meet also once a month. And, and at the beginning, I will probably go in there, um, you know, uh, once a week or once every other week um, to kind of do some of the harder cases and uh, kind of help her along to uh, reach that goal. Because, you know, I, I don't never want to hear things like, oh, I'm an associate and the owner poaches, you know, every good cases and I can't make money this way. Uh, my goal is to teach her so that she can, she's able to do everything that I'm doing and hopefully more. Because I, I just think it's crazy to hire somebody and want them to do less than you. I'm like, I want them to double my salary. <laughs> how are That's you going to teach her? Let me ask you this. Just how are you going to teach her? What's what's the strategy and the plan? Because you're not going to be together. She's going to be two hours away, right? Oh, correct. So the, she doesn't know yet. I have a plan for continuing education courses that we're, we're going to uh, implement. Uh, so that's one thing. And like I said, I'm also going to be meeting with her, uh, you know, on a regular basis, actually, you know, because um, I want her to succeed. That's my number one. It's foolish, but I told her, I said, you know, um, I want you to be honest with me if you want to get and be after with me for a few years. You want to go ahead and break out and impress it. I will help you do that. Um, just, I said, don't just please don't poach my stand and I will so, literally help you, you know, make it happen. Okay. You, you broke up a little bit. So let, let me just ask you, just your video, your audio broke up a little bit. You said uh, you're going to help with her training. You're going to get her some continuing education. You're going to spend some time with her, you know, either remotely or Zoom, or you're going to have meetings regularly. And your goal is for her to do that. But then you mentioned you want, if this is not what she wants, and if she wants to get another practice in that town, you'll help her with that. Is that what you said? Yeah, because, you know, I, I want to know what my associate's long-term goal is. So she wants to go, you know what, I just, you know, want to work as an associate, fine. If she's, you know, uh, goes, you know, I up shop somewhere else, I'm going to help you uh, achieve that. If you want to open the same town as I am, that's fine too. Uh, you know, I'm not a person who's... A Competent. Uh, my practices, where's the world? And I hope you know, I had the chance to really um, help her to reach the next level, and then so she can do the same, you know, so for somebody else. What about the same deal that you had? What about her coming in and buying in after three years and become fifty percent partner? Is that something you're going to discuss? Yeah, and what I told her is that 
Um, one thing is a little weird in that, like when I came in, you know, everything was here. And I'm going in, I just bought it. And I'm going to basically spend almost the same amount of money that I bought it for to up thing. So, yeah. uh, it, so we have, would have to work out the numbers based on that, not necessarily just production because I, I'm, you know, no, I get it. You're going to invest in the practice and you're going to yeah. invest in it mentally, emotionally, and physically, not just financially. Yeah. yeah. I get and, and, you know, but, you know, biggest thing is, like I said, is, is actually money in that sense that, you know, I'm buying a comb beam. I'm, it doesn't have digital. I'm buying my Cerex. So I'm buying everything that basically has in my practice and I'm going to put into that uh, part of it like if you're going to run a fee-for-service practice the building uh, equipment everything kind of has to match what uh, you're presenting so you know not everybody has to feed just just mine um, like I said there's no one but I want to have this Okay, your audio cut out just a little bit there. So, um, so let me ask let me ask you a question now, and as it relates to just just the practice of it, and and I fully agree. If you're going to have it, you should be able to leave your office on a Wednesday, go there on a Thursday, and operate exactly the same as you operate there. And you can't if you don't have the equipment, if you don't have the staff, you don't have training, and you don't have the you know the facility to do it. So I, I I'm I'm hook, line, and sinker. We have five offices, so you're, you're kind of preaching to the choir with that. Um, so, and, and it took a lot because now, you know, when you're buying a comb beam, you're buying five of them, right? Yeah. So you're spending, you know, a quarter of a million dollars. Hello. You know, it's yeah. not something that you're just saying, well, I can just finance this. It's you, you have to have a plan for it. So let me ask you a couple questions now as far as, your team and your business philosophy. What are some of your biggest challenges? Talk about just in your own facility before you add on the other one. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face every day as a fee-for-service dentist? Um, so one thing that I was, you know, I really have a great team now, but it always has been challenge of uh, limiting mentality. You know, uh, people are not going to accept this because, or, you know, we can't do this because. Um, and one of the things that I work with my staff is, you know, it sounds silly, is to, but is does having the simple can do attitude. We can always do, you know, we will see because my goal is front tooth or pain, you're getting seen on the same day. I don't care what my schedule is. And that's how I built my practice. And, uh, nothing's going to change now. And so my team makes it happen. And, and if they don't have the same type of you do, it, your practice, it, it just cannot reach that ceiling. Now, always number one is you got to set that bar because your team cannot rise if you're down here. This is all they're going to go. But you can get to this step and you have good people, they will rise to that level. So um, for me, 
you know, I never worried about hiring um, the best assistant or the best front office person. And I can admit to you, my staff are best for, for my practice, but if they go to a different office, people might go, I don't understand David. And this person cannot do this. They make mistakes and they do this and that. Um, yeah, my staff are not best at every little thing because that's not what I hired them for. You know, I them to have compassion, build relationships, um, and I can do attitude, happy people, because that's how it reflects on my practice. We're laughing, having a good time, sincerely, all the time. You know, we don't have 10 offices. Um, that's just because that's who I am, and that's what I want. I don't want to come into an office and, you know, I hear it, reread it, and it's all this drama in their practice. I'm like, what do you mean? Why do you have these people? What do you mean these people? I'm like, I have an isolate. I'd rather just a high school kid go in and turn over my room than deal with drama. You know, I, I just don't. I have three wonderful assistants, but I'd rather do that if I did it. So now that you mentioned it, what's your secret to hiring? What do you do? You know, this is something that most people cannot take. My, like I said, stated earlier, my wife is a clinical psychologist. She helps me do all the hires. Um, so she'll wield the interviews, interviews together. When they usually come in, um, buddies, um, resumes, if my front office says no. Uh, I, I tell them just don't even bother giving it to me because when the front office, and if they can't, they don't have the uh, ability of gift of gab, they can't talk to people. They can't, you know, they don't come off uh, friendly, any of that. I said, just put it in the trash. I don't care if they got 20 years of experience in the office. Um, another thing, I, I don't, you know, it's not necessarily dentistry. I, I look at a resume and said, I say, this person has worked at Safeway for the last 12 years. Only reason that person is switching jobs is because they moved to Flagstaff. I want to talk to that person. Uh, you know, because that, that person love for what they're doing. They, you know, they're, they're loyal. Uh, they moved up in that company. And, and that's what I like, you know, and just, and, and just people. And last thing is that I have every hire that if you can't take getting picked up, you're at the wrong office. Say that again. Just if, you can't take, if you can't take getting picked on, is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you can't take picked on me making fun of you, you are at the wrong office because, you know, my assistants pick at me. They're always telling me how old I am or, you know, <laughs> I can't do it like I used to, whatever it is, you know, um, because I like to have Man, and just I'm like, his life is not that serious. Dentistry, yes, it's it's hard work, and, and we need you know my patients really need my attention. But at the same time, they hear me because they're really I make them feel comfortable. You know, they feel like you know 
they feel like they're part of the family. And that's, that's what happens in my office. There is nothing like going to a place of any business and you hear laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more with it. I, I mean, it's absolutely true. You know? Okay. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face? Um, you know, as a fee-for-service dentist, your always challenge is getting new patients through the door. You know, um, I don't have, you know, if I, honestly, if I would, if I take insurance, I would have 60, 80 new patients per month because I get those phone calls all the time, um, right. you know, because I track, you know, how many calls are coming through, how many people are not uh signing up because for a new patient, because I don't accept their insurance. Um, you know, uh, so I, I track every phone call. I track why they call. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, if I get 30 new patients in a month, that is a ton. Um, 20 is a good solid number for me. Um, but I still have to work at it getting those 20 people in the door. Um, you know, it's not just simple as, hey, I have a Google allowed, Google ed out, and I'm number one on the you know Google page. That doesn't mean I'm, you know, you being a fever service uh, practice, you're gonna get those patients. So, you know, you're always constantly working, you know, I'm still constantly working in the community. Uh, you know, I've been here for a long time, so people know me. But I, I'm, you know, I, I'm still thinking about how do I get that? How do I get my information out to the public so they see, you know, what I see, what we do? You know, it's like, how do I get that information out there? And that's a challenge. And that's what we need to do every day to, uh, you know, make sure that this practice is successful. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up somewhat soon. Let me ask you a couple more questions. I'll ask you two more questions. Number one, what is what brings you the greatest amount of joy in your practice? In my practice? Um, you know, I, honestly, when a you know, patient tells you, and it's not something like, oh, I did a full mouth rehab and they go, ooh, look at this. And all on the next case, look at this. It's more... Um, People just telling you, I feel so comfortable coming here. You know, I, I've been had a bad experience all my life with dentists. And and I, I haven't even done a feeling. All they do is they see my hygienist. But that that really uh, hits home for me because I had the worst dentist growing up. And I, I'm still dentophobic. And when I sit in the chair, you'll see me, I'm like gripping, uh, gripping that chair. And until like, you know, it just takes me a while to just get comfortable. It, it's so bad that um, I actually do with not just implants, but I do majority of my own dentistry, cleanings or whatever have you, because I don't like other people in my mouth. <laughs> it, it, you know, I just I just have a hard time. So you know, I find you nice, you know, simple things. You know, I just feel, and also, um, you know, what I can help my uh, team members anyway. You know, they're, you know, they're really part of my growth and my success. Giving them a great bonus 
after like an amazing quarter and seeing your reactions, life changing. What do you see? Last question. What are some of the things that you see that are going to start to change the dental landscape in terms of um, technology, procedures, education? What are some of the things, if you had a crystal ball, that you think are going to make game changer changes? You know, the one thing that, that uh, when I look at it and I look at my friends and I look at myself and person like you is how are we going to pass on our practices? Now, it's like I sit there and I go, well, who can afford my practice? Everyone's... You know, if I've been approached by multiple DSOs, you know, it's the same spiel. Like, get a David, call once a, once a week. Yeah, <laughs> David, I'm like, these kids are coming out with seven hundred thousand student loans. You think they can buy your practice? They can't buy your practice. And if even if they can, you know, we can give you thirty percent more, fifty percent more than what they're paying. Well, I I'm like, I, I get that, but. Uh, you know, my hopes is that all the great dentists that I see are able to pass on their practices to the next generation of young kids that, you know, that can benefit from what we benefit from. I hear you, man. I get the same calls. And I'm a little bit older than you. Although I got, I got gray hair to show your, your hair is black as coal. Um, <laughs> and this is just an audio version. So people are not able to see that. Um, uh, one final thing, what would you like to pass on? What, what one piece of uh, wisdom would you like to pass on to our next generation of dentists? Man, do what you love. You know, I, I have too many people online going, I hate dentistry and people are like, Oh, we'll get better. You just have to work through it. It's like, no, and you know what? I trash it and go find something else. You don't have passion in something you're doing. You need to find that passion because life is miserable without it. You know, so do what you love. I don't care if you're first year in dental school or 10 years out of dental school. You need to go follow your passion and do what you love. Oh, man, that's great advice, man. Passion. I, I, I can't. I'm going to end it with that, but I can't agree any more than possible. On a scale of one to 100, that's a million. Uh, you, you have to have passion for it. And that's, that's when you have, th that starts. That's the step one. Step two then is hiring the right people, training the right people, creating the right culture. All those things follow hand in hand, but you got to have the first part. If you don't have the first part, there's no book. There's no letter. There's no magic pixie dust that you can sprinkle. And all, all of a sudden, all these other things can happen. You've got to have that in your DNA. You've got to have that in your, in your blood. You know, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Now, final question. Final, final question is, and it has nothing to do with dentistry. I ask everybody the first time they're on. If you could go anywhere... And any time backwards, where would you go and why? Oh, can I go forward? Nope. 
Nope. Oh, come on. Not letting you're you not go gonna... forward. You're keeping that robot in the trunk. That's all right. Let's go. <laughs> no, no. You're going, I, I, you're, you're going backwards. And, you know, why I say forward is like, like, I love to be able to see my son when uh, he's older. You know, it's like, I want to see his wedding. So but I guess that's cheap. Going backwards. Um, you know, I, I, if I can have one thing, maybe a do-over or uh, go back in my lifetime as being able to spend more time with my dad. You want to tell so, us more about your dad? Uh, um, I think the way, uh, like if you, people see me on Facebook and stuff like that, um, I am the way I am because Especially my son. I love to travel, man. I love taking my son. To, I mean, this kid's been to Egypt, South Korea, China, uh, Finland, Costa Rica, yeah. uh, and, and we like uh, England. He's been to uh, France, and he's uh, 10 years old because I never had that. My parents are just working, you know, they just work 24-7 to just, you know, put food on the table. So, I'll have to go back and actually have some quality time. Well, you could tell that they're in you, man. They, they raised a good young man, and I'm going to call you young. I hope you appreciate that. <laughs> good young man because all that stuff comes out of you and you'll see that and you i guarantee you mark my words as your son grows you'll see your father and your son every day so they're there they're both in you so i appreciate you thank you very much david uh when right. you can send me i i didn't mean to get too emotional with you but i i appreciate <laughs> the raw emotion of it you could tell if if any if anything you are genuine to the core. You are exactly who you are, and you will be a tremendous impact on anybody that you cross paths with. So I appreciate you very Thank much. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fee for Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our Fee for Service Dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.